And welcome to The Real Money Show. one silver is the number. Guildhallwealth.com is the website. RSP information. In fact, uh, information about using registered savings plans to get some physical metal into your accounts will be uh, spoken about today. The e-store in the top right corner of the website. And a reminder that the uh, the offer is still on for every uh, $5,000 U.S. invested in an RSP account. You will receive a gram of gold with some conditions applying for that one. Guys, uh, let's get into it. Jeremy, uh, the opening salvo uh, by you today. Well, it's great to be here, as always, talking about the market. So, you know, we had a little bit of a pullback in the market this week, which we're perfectly fine with. It allows us to continue to buy on the dips and and allow us to continue to add to our positions. We don't feel anything has specifically changed in the market. And uh, we have seen these type of moves on and on uh, over, over time. But we do see a lot of interesting news coming out all the time about this market, specifically 2015 turned out to be a record year for total U.S. and Indian silver imports. Combined U.S. and Indian silver imports didn't just surpass the previous record in 2014. They actually smashed it by 20%. Also, uh, Silver Eagle sales have continued to jump. 25% for the first quarter we're looking at, essentially. And all this is pointing to the fact that it really doesn't matter what's going on in the price of, of metals currently. People want to own it. We talk all the time about the fact that central banks continue to acquire gold. And the reason is simply they want to hedge against currency risk. And I think that's what it all comes down to. When we talk to our customers, and I was talking to someone recently saying, why are people starting to move into this market even though it's still low, comparatively be comparatively speaking, mm-hmm. and why is it that they're not continuing to jump on board with, with all the other traditional investments? And at the end of the day, what we see is there is an expectation of cycles. Market goes up. It can't go up forever. It should be expected to come down at some point. We can take our profit. I heard someone on Bloomberg or CNBC saying that it's the, the Dow's having a tough time coming down because people keep buying the dips. So there's not that panic yet has set in that says, okay, there is actually a recession in the U.S. Things are really bad. I need to take that risk on trade of physical gold and silver. And so when you look at central banks, for instance, or just this constant buying on the public's behalf, whether it's India, China, even in, in Canada, U.S., people are buying physical product. The question is why. Are they buying it because it's undervalued? Are they buying it because it's a hedge? It's insurance? It's not just going to be one aspect. It's a, it's a lot of different factors. The risk factor is huge. You want to own gold and silver as insurance. You can't print gold and silver. You have to dig it up out of the ground. It takes time, money, uh, which, of course, the miners have been decimated over the last few years. It's going to take them some time to ramp up production again. But it takes blood, sweat, and tears to pull out of the ground. It doesn't take a button push. Gold and silver have been a store of value for thousands of years. It's why they are a global currency. And sometimes they trade as a currency. Sometimes they trade as a commodity. We're looking right now as just a currency. It's a store of value. This is why if people feel that there's going to be some risk in currencies, they want to own some some physical precious metals. But on the insurance side of that, you can't buy insurance after the fire. So if you owned gold last year in 2015, you hedged against the decline in the in the Canadian US exchange. The loss of value of the Canadian dollar was hedged by the fact that gold moved up. And gold's moved up a lot in the last uh, three months. And silver has lagged. And that's something we're going to talk about going forward in the show. Well, the thing is, you know, most people really don't know too much about investing. They leave it up to their investment counselors. They leave it up to their banks. They leave it up sometimes to brokerage houses to advise. Um, Investments, you know, are kind of sloughed aside. You put your money in and you hope that you do okay and you make some money. Until you start losing it. Yeah, it was very, you know. (laughs) And you pay a lot of attention. It was a lot easier when the interest rates were 10%. And if you had a half a million dollars or a million dollars and you were going to retire, you know, you were getting interest of $50,000 or $100,000 a year. And you could retire comfortably. Today, you're getting, you know, a ham sandwich. You're getting 1% if you're lucky on a GIC. Um, you've got to pay tax on that. It's really hard for somebody in a retirement age that doesn't, even an entrepreneur that doesn't have a pension plan, is not working for the government, is not getting, you know, 
uh, a reasonable payout every week or every month. You, whatever you've built or saved up, it's hard to keep that money. The, because interest rates are so low, there's not many places you can put your money. You can put your money into real estate, and I think that's quite frothy at the moment. There's a bubble. I mean, Vancouver, they're getting incredible prices. But look what happened in Alberta. Look what happened in Calgary and Edmonton. In the oil uh, business, oil got absolutely smashed down. And what happened to property values? It went with it. The same things happened in Saskatchewan. Um, you know, there was a lot of money made in real estate, but it, it's coming off. If you put, if you're not getting any interest, so the only other place you can put your money is in the stock market. You're looking for dividend stocks that are going to pay you three and a half, four percent. But you're putting your capital into the stock market. If the stock market drops ten percent, that three point eight percent that you made is minus six point two. You know that's really simple. It's really really simple math. So. They push you into the stock market because that's the only other avenue to put your money. Gold and silver doesn't pay dividends, but what gold and silver does is protects your capital. So far this year, even with this week, we had a little bit of a drop-off on gold and silver, A, because what's happened in Belgium with the bombings in in Brussels. um, You know, it scares people. It makes people a little nervous. Well, it's it's counterintuitive, right? You would think on, on news like that, which is horrible, people would go to the risk on trade, but we do see this time and time again. It's it's counterintuitive. The precious metals come down on news like this, on negative news. The precious metals seem to come down a little bit, and then they come back up later on. And then you've got this week, you know, uh, Yellen, I mean, is basically said last week the interest rates won't go up. They're only going to be two rates, interest rates the Fed are going to put up. You've had some of the um, presidents from some of the central, from from the Fed banks that are now being a little hawkish and they're saying we should put their interest rates up next week, next month, whatever it is. That scared the stock market. It really did and it hurt gold and silver. But we think, I mean, this was a, an unbelievable buying opportunity. As we're taping the show Thursday before uh, the long weekend, silver's trading around about 15.20 an ounce. Gold's trading at 20.21 an ounce U.S., Unbelievable buying opportunity. Uh, we came off on today is Thursday. We traded uh, at fifteen twenty as an example. On Monday, silver hit sixteen dollars and change. It was in that range all the time. It was ranging at fifteen ninety. The thing happened in, in Brussels. Nothing happened in any of the markets. If you look, nothing happened on on the CAC which is the French stock exchange. It never happened on the DAX, on the German stock exchange. Uh, The Dow didn't go down. Nothing affected this calamity that happened in Belgium. Nothing affected it. Somebody is obviously saying, oh, let's be calm. We don't want this thing to happen. We don't want any markets to crash. Today, as we're taping the show, you know, every market's down. Dow's down. DAX is down. CAC's down. Shanghai is down. Everything is down. Gold and silver is an insurance policy for your capital. You need to have 15 20% in your portfolio as well as maybe a natural fancy colored diamond. Mm. And the reason you need that is, is simple. The stock market is not going to be up forever. Real estate is not going to stay up forever. It's like a piston engine. One goes up, one goes down. And we feel that gold and silver is ready to make its move. Even though we're trading in the 1520 silver, 1221 gold, I think it's an unbelievable buying opportunity. We're still doing so much business on RSPs and TFSAs where you can put gold and silver through Questrade, uh, who's the custodian, but you're able to buy gold and silver and put it into one of these pension plans. It's an easy way to do it. I mean, if you've never invested in a in a TFSA, it's a tax-free saving account. You can put up to $46,000 into that account, and it's tax-free. If you've got money in a savings account, and it's getting you 1% in a GIC, but you don't have a TFSA, snap out of it. You know, take your money. I don't care whether you put it into some stock, whether you leave it in cash or 
smart thing is to buy some gold and silver because we are so undervalued. For four years, we've gone sideways. We've had, even this year alone, we're up about 18% on gold, around about 14% mm. on silver year to date. I think the market's going to explode. The stock market is going to have some problems. Earnings are getting worse in the stock market. This is a great opportunity to buy gold and silver. Go to our website. Same thing. John, give out the numbers. You can go into the website and buy gold and silver directly from us. E-Store top right corner is what Paul is talking about. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and it's guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy. Yeah, we're talking about a lot of things, and I, I wanted to, to make a couple notes as uh, some of the things you were talking about, Paul. Um, one is this idea that, that you know, we're seeing these tragic events happen and that there's this counterintuitive action happening where the it the stock markets seem disconnected from reality of what's happening and and we know at the end of the day stock markets are run sure there's a lot of smart people in them but they're still all based on emotion at the end of the day it's do we feel that this can go up what's the emotion out there and and it's greed and fear that are driving the market and so you see these events occurring. They're very tragic. And to see that this disconnect, it's actually disconcerting that there's a disconnect between the stock markets mm-hmm. and, and what we see out there. Or maybe it's just there's too much of these events happening that people just people aren't taking note. They don't think they have an effect because there's just that we're becoming desensitized to it. I'm not quite sure. But one of the things as well about the stock market that you were talking about, Paul, is this idea that. There is a negative correlation between gold and the U.S. dollar. So if you're holding stocks, you know, if you're holding an Apple stock, Google stock, etc., it's in U.S. dollars. And if the U.S. dollar goes down, you're losing value across the board. So if you own GICs in Canada, that's correlated to the Canadian dollar. If you're holding gold, that's negatively correlated, meaning if the Canadian dollar goes down, what's going to happen is the price of gold is rising. Is the price of gold really rising? No, it's reflecting a loss of purchasing power of the Canadian dollar. So if gold goes to $2,000 Canadian, what it's actually demonstrating is that the the value of the Canadian dollar is dropping. Hmm. So when we see prices in, in gold rising, it's actually a reflection of lower value in the currencies. They're negatively correlated. Gold is negatively correlated to currencies. And therefore, anything that's denominated in that currency like a stock or a bond or a treasury is in is correlated to dollars and not gold. This is why China is is looking to own so much gold. They're holding a lot of treasuries, billions upon billions of dollars of treasuries. What if the value of the US dollar goes down? There's no hedge. They're they're stacking up on insurance. So the question is is when we talk to customers, do you think that the stock market can go up forever? Is the real estate market going to go up forever? Are we going to depend on the Chinese market? There was an article out today saying uh, very quickly, well, you know what? Let's leave this for the next segment. We're going to talk about about foreign investment into oil, foreign investment into real estate, and how that can affect the dollar and how that's going to play out in the gold market. You get your learn on. We'll take a a short break. The number is 1-877-8-SILVER, guildhallwealth.com is the website, the e-store top right corner. And learn more during the show as well, how you use your registered savings plans to get into some physical metal as well. As well, now, for a limited time anyway, for every $5,000 U.S. invested in RSP account, you will get a gram of gold courtesy of Guildhall. Some restrictions apply. Lots more of The Real Money Show coming right up on Talk Radio, AM 640. one 877 silver guildhallwealth.com is the website, the investor kit, the precious metal advisor, and lots of information on how you can use your registered accounts. To start uh, investing in some physical metals, you got the e-store in the top right corner as well. Jeremy, pick up where we left off last segment. Yeah, I was I was mentioning that you know, over the past week, I was reading a couple couple articles, a couple headlines. They were talking about how, uh, on the one hand, in 2015, a third of all real estate in Vancouver was bought up by foreign investment. And in this case, it was Chinese. So they're not talking about other investment. Here in Toronto, we get a lot of other foreign investment, whether it's Russian and Indian and Chinese, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of foreign investment into Canadian real estate. Great. Interest rates are low. Let's take advantage. Um, foreigners are looking for ways to protect their own wealth, and they look at Canada as a steady steady place to, to be. But if there's pro- we, we live in a global village. If there's a problem back home, that's going to be a problem for our real estate here. 
And also, I was reading another article this week. They were talking about how the banks have lent so much money to the oil industry that they're starting to have the the government is starting to have to look into ways that they're going to have to protect the banks should the banks be underwater because of all this investment. And it has me thinking that are we really at the point where there's so much investment in one commodity, oil, as Canadians, that if at, that if the oil price persists at this level, the banks are going to be in trouble and we might actually have to bail out the banks? And the foreign investment into real estate says almost the same thing, that if the foreigners pull out, we're, we're, we're essentially done. So the question becomes, how do we protect against this? How do we protect against the fact that the banks might actually ask us to bail in. I'm not saying they will, but I'm saying that these articles are starting to come out saying, look, government's increasing debt. There is n- <laughs> it's as plain as day. It's on the cover of every newspaper. They're increasing the debt. Ontario's got $300 billion in debt. They're asking provinces to pay, of, to pay the to debt outside debt. of their own taxes. Um, foreign investment into just real estate and the bank investment into, into oil, it says, you know, when the governments run out of money, they're going to come after someone in particular, and that's our listeners. That's you, John. That's me. They're going to ask someone to pay for it. And for my money, gold is a great hedge against that. And speaking of hedges, if there is any sort of risk trade on currencies, if there is a whiff that the that the U.S. dollar is going to experience weakness, which it's going to need to do if it's going to pay back its $18 trillion debt plus unfunded liabilities, the only way to pay that back is to lower the value of the dollar. At some point, the value has to come down, and at some point, people are going to want to move into something that, again, is negatively correlated, meaning it doesn't is not affected by the, the drop in the U.S. dollar or has an opposite effect, which means few hedge funds move into the gold and silver. Uh, as we've seen, central banks moving into gold. It's not going to take a lot to really push the price of gold and silver higher. And as I've always said on the show, as my final point in here, is... If we wait, we've already seen the shortages in supplies. If we wait until the price of silver is at $35, $40 an ounce to invest, because now we believe it's going to go to $50 or $100, we strongly believe that it's going to be very difficult for you to actually get the product. We saw this past summer where we waited over two, three months to receive silver maple coins from the Canadian Mint. And that was a, a wholesale problem. So what's going to happen if the demand is so much higher as the price rises? Because anyone who's bought the product over the last three, four years while it's consolidated in the $14, $15 level is not letting go as soon as the price rises to 22 or 30 Well, even if people bought the you know product, I mean, up to two years ago, the Canadian dollar was par with the U.S. dollar. In actual fact, we went better than the U.S. dollar. So if you bought silver at you know fifteen sixteen dollars in Canadian dollars today you're at twenty twenty one dollars for silver, and the point that Jeremy made in in the previous uh, segment was when the U.S. dollar gets strong, all the other currencies get weaker. Um, like this week alone, you know the, the Canadian dollar's down a couple of cents. The pound. Sterling is down like three, four cents from a couple of weeks ago. Um, you've got the euro uh, is down about a cent and a half, which means the U.S. dollar gets strong. People want to switch. It's a safe haven. But it's smoke and mirrors. It's like the emperor's got no clothes. You have to be have something of a hard asset. Wealthy people, smart money, own gold, silver, natural fancy color diamonds they put their money into art they put their money into hard assets that they know they can sell down the road that it's going to, even if it goes down a little bit even owning real estate why are the why are the chinese buying real estate because they know their currency is not that strong it's pumped up i mean can you believe a communist country everything they say you know when it's 10 12% they were gdp it was probably nowhere near that you know, I always look at very simple things. If you have to manufacture something, you've got a few details. You've got labor, you've got the actual material, and then you've got to make it, and you've got to ship it. That There's some cost to it. I mean, you can't just ship trillions of dollars worth of product, and it's not all profit. I mean, it's not all profit. You've got labor, cost of materials. 
You know, the funny thing was, uh, I once, well, I'm not even going to go there too much, but a furniture company, we went to look at a couch. It was made in China. You know, inside the couch was made up of pallets. That's the cheapest wood, pallets. What the stuff mm. is skip, shipped in, it was made out of pallets. I mean, you sit on that thing, it's going to snap in, you know, if you're anything over 150 pounds, it's going to probably snap. I'm done. It is incredible. I mean, you know, the Chinese are good at, you know, sending out a lot of crap to us and we buy it because we want product. We want cheap product. You know, Trump, as an example, is saying that, you know, he doesn't want to buy from China. We're going to bring all the manufacturing here. We're going to take it away from Mexico. Yeah, in theory, it's good. We've lost in Canada. We used to have a pretty good fabric business. We used to make fabrics, textiles. It was a big business. Manufacturing was big. Same as in the U.S. You give the jobs away. You go where it's $2 an hour, not $20 an hour. But, but that, it comes back to bite you in the backside. It always does. It changes What's over time. What's cheap is always expensive. It changes over time, though, because eventually you've got manufacturing, let's say in this case China. Eventually the workers want more money. Eventually that foreign entity that's manufactured it there, is, their cost margins are going down, down, down. Eventually they go, well, why am I doing it? Let's move back to America, North America, uh, U.S. But then they say, but we don't actually have the people to, to make it. We don't have, we haven't had trained them, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not as easy as just saying, well, that's it. We're just going to make all our sweaters here. It just doesn't work that way. But it does point out that there's there's issues with trades. Uh, this is, you know, you, you start getting into protectionism and all of these these political things end up in the financial world and ultimately all we're talking about here is that two factors gold and silver being precious metals being global currencies being the longest standing history of money are a great way to store value we're looking at a way to protect your your investments protect the money that you've earned over the years that there's limited options out there for continued growth, whether it's the real estate market or the stock market, um, things like this. And there's low interest rates. So we're not really able to just put our money in the bank and just collect some interest on that. Well, they're too and but the negative interest rates are crippling the individual. I mean, it's absolutely you cannot make if you've saved any money, you know, inflation, they say is less than 2%. I don't think these people ever go shopping. I mean, I know when you go to the grocery store to buy, the containers are smaller. Uh, you open a package of potato chips, you, you know, you need a search warrant. There's nothing in them. There's nothing. Everything is smaller. It used to be, you know, a liter of orange juice is now 750 milliliters. I mean, everything gets smaller, but you're paying the same price. It's smoke and mirrors. Which leads to the second point, which is that gold and silver are undervalued. So you've got... Other investments that look like they're topping, you look over at gold and silver, you say, oh, well, they got ahead of themselves in 2011. They've come back down. They've been consolidating at these lower levels. Maybe it's a good entry point. Well, let's look at the fundamentals of why that, why that might make sense. Well, of course, they're very much undervalued. Just as a quick example, one fundamental is that gold tracks the debts. And if you look at a chart of gold tracking the debts in U.S., for example, you'd see that in 2011, it actually went much higher than, than the debt value. And, and, as, and as such, the last few years, it's been way under, while the debt in the U.S. isn't way under, it continues to go up and up and up. So you can see just in that type of example that gold is still majorly undervalued against U.S. debts, against how much money is being created. So again, two points. You want to protect your wealth. And you want to look for value. And I think gold and silver are offering those two things in spades. They're inexpensive right now, comparatively speaking to the debts and how much money has been created. And historically speaking, they're a way to protect your wealth and store value. It, it is very simple. If you want to learn more about that, if, you've, if you're listening to this show for the first time, we want to welcome you. And if you want to learn more about these markets on an ongoing basis, you can sign up to our Precious Metal Advisor, which we send out once a week. We put out three, four articles, a chart of the week. Uh, we're starting to put videos in there as mm -hmm. well, just to show people uh, some alternative news on and how to get beneath the, the headlines and learn what's actually going on out there. And then for people who are looking to actually protect their wealth right now and say, you know what, I have a chance not only to protect my wealth, but there's a chance here that silver could go to 50 
A lot of people are saying it could go to 100 It could go to $400 an ounce. And this is, you, you'll see if you read the newsletter why we believe that's so, which is why so many people are getting involved in the RSP. It's a great way to take investments that aren't doing so well. You know, hey, if you bought the stock market in 2009, you did very well. But the last year, you haven't done anything. Time to look for, time to, to, to switch to a better train. You want to look for something that's undervalued and gold and silver is it. So contact us about the RSP, not just the RSP, but the TFSA, tax-free savings account, as Paul mentioned in the first segment, up to $46,000 you can put into that. And whatever you make, that's yours. You do not have to claim capital gains on that, which makes this an extraordinary investment. Now with this, all of our RSPs, TFSAs, and depository account, your product is allocated to you segregated from all other holdings, which means you're going to receive the serial numbers for your bars in an account that's under your name, and you can go to the depository and personally verify that product. Go to the depository, pick up the product, see how heavy it is. You know, they're they're always putting a picture of Putin holding this massive bar of gold. Mm -hmm. That can be you picking up your own massive bar of gold. You can go to the depository and see exactly what you're holding in your RSP. You can't do that with a stock. You can't do that with a GIC. You can't do that with anything that with a, a mutual fund. But in this case, you can say, yes, I'm old holding something physical in my hand that that is within my RSP. And this product right here, according to Jim Rickards as an example, and he's not the only one, gold could go to over $10,000 an ounce U.S. Well, as Jeremy said, you can buy gold and silver in a registered retirement, whether it's an RSP, TFSA, uh, a lift, any one of the pension plans that government offer you. You can put it in our depository. If you don't have a pension plan or you, you don't want to put any more money into that, you just want to own gold and silver, you don't want to store it at home, you want to put it in a secure, segregated, allocated premises where it's insured, you can put it into the depository. It's going to cost you 1.3% a year insurance and storage, which means if you look at silver or gold, over the next four or five years, if it doesn't go up 5%, that's the cost of basically storing and insuring your your product. We've jumped up this year alone 17 18% on gold. Silver's up 14% year to date. We think gold and silver is going to explode, especially with the amount of money that's being printed. The other way to get started is to go to our e-store. You go to Guildhall Wealth, right-hand corner on the website is our e-store. You can buy gold and silver, take it home. You can start off, you know, you can buy maples, one-ounce silver maples, one-ounce silver bars, 10-ounce Royal Canadian Mint bars, 100-ounce bars, the same thing on the gold. You can buy gold maples. You can buy, you know, 10-ounce bars, kilo bars, one-ounce bars. We have combo sets. You can buy as minimum as 50 ounces, 100 ounces, 200 ounces. Gives you a mixture of different product. It's very easy to get into. Take it home or you can put it in the depository for storage. But look at the RSPs. Look at the TFSAs. This is the smartest way to own gold and silver. We work with Questrade. They're the custodians. We just do the purchasing and the depository is safe, secured, allocated, and your product is segregated and you can visit it at any time. One eight seven seven eight silverguildhallwealthcom is the website to go to. Lots more coming up. We're going to flip over for a, a few minutes and get us some natural fancy colored diamonds. Lots more of the Real Money Show coming up. Talk radio, AM640. one eight seven seven eight silverguildhalldiamondscom Jeremy, let's talk natural fancy colored diamonds. I know you guys love this part of the show. So let's start off with a couple of big auctions that are mm-hmm. coming up. The first is a 9.54 fancy deep blue Oof. diamond ring. That's going up for auction. Now, the interesting thing about this ring, it does have some pedigree. It was uh, once owned by Shirley Temple. It was right, given to I her. Yeah, it's yeah. given to her by her father. It's a Art Deco inspired setting. Actually, I really love the setting. I think it's going to be something that's going to be popular going forward. I think if uh, this auction gets a lot of attention, I think people will start to look at that and say, "Yeah, I really like that. How it looks." You can just go online and, and take a look at, at what the ring looks like. Shirley Temple's father paid $7,200. Come on. Uh, back in the 40s. And today they're hoping to get $25 million for it. Between now, 25 and $35 million. Now that's, remember, this is auctions. It could, it could go much higher. Sure. But uh, 
as a start, they're looking at 25 million. This just goes to show two things for in my mind. One, just how much of a secret natural fancy colored diamonds have been over the last half uh, half a century. That even up until the 70s, people didn't even appreciate what they were. If if a miner ha- found one, they they didn't take any note of it and they just quickly sold it. It wasn't until really the late 70s when inflation was kicking in and people were looking for ways to protect their wealth that, uh, you know, the, 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 the really savvy investors were looking at those saying, you know what, I, I have this, I want to get it appraised, et cetera, et cetera. So on the one hand, it, it goes to, to, know, to highlight just how much of a secret this market has been. And secondly, it goes to highlight just how much you can concentrate wealth in a natural fancy color diamond. If you look across the invest, investment spectrum, and you can find articles on this, and we can even send them to you, where you look at the natural fancy color diamond dealers or big diamond dealers, and they'll show you white diamonds do not hold value. They don't. Uh, well, unless as, you're getting something of 40 carat, 30 carat D internally flawless. Yeah. And those are the type of diamonds that go into auction. and. You know, there's a very few people that can buy those type of diamonds. So therefore, they always go up. There's always provenance with these diamonds. Who's owned it? You know, it's like the Burton Elizabeth Taylor diamond. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got some provenance. And when those things go into auction, they fetch, you know, prices. But, that, but the average one carat, one and a half carat yeah. uh, GVS diamond, people buy it as an engagement diamond. We've been doing so many diamond rings in color as engagement rings. I think we did four last last week in total where people bought engagement rings but instead of going for the white they went for a yellow internally flawless and they look just absolutely stunning and and there are reasons for that because number one a color is going to present more personality more individuality it's going to make you stand out amongst your five friends who all have white diamonds and you're the only one with a color diamond so there's definitely an individuality that's why the hollywood starlets have always been looking at color diamonds because they really want to stand out and that's a great way to stand out. Maybe in part because you look back in the 50s and it's great that Elizabeth Taylor had all these, you know, all just dripping in white diamonds. And maybe that looks a little passe today. So there's something also modern about that. And again, it goes back to the appreciation of natural fancy colored diamonds through the years and people understanding what they're worth. You know, I, I don't know if if Jennifer Lopez ever got to keep that pink diamond that that she got when she got engaged to. I don't think she to, threw but, it back. But a that was too smart. That diamond, it's remarkable. You know, we were just talking about how even someone who bought a pink diamond six years ago, you just couldn't get into the market the the way you could back then. The market has has moved up so dramatically, and so many more people have gotten involved that. You just can't even get into the market the way you could back then. So the difference, of course, is that there's always a lack of supply in the market. So more people finding out the, about the color diamond market does not mean that they can fall out of favor. There's just not enough product to go around. We had Eden Rachmanoff talking on the show about that specific topic, the fact that pink diamonds, for instance, pink is always going to be beautiful. It's always going to be a desired color. There's always going to want to. There's always going to be people who want it, who want that. And today, unlike the '70s, there's double the population on the planet. There's double the. There's more wealth than ever before. Recessions are no in, recessions. There's more wealth now than ever before in history. And when you look at North America, most of the diamonds are part of the family. They've been bought already. There's not a lot of new wealth in that regard. If you compare it to Russia or China, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of new wealth looking to get involved in hard assets, and they want quality. And when we're talking about creating diamond rings and and such, again, it's about individuality, and it's about knowing, especially if it's a second marriage. A lot of people have had that first marriage, and they they say, "Oh, you know, that diamond, we got it appraised." 15 years later and it wasn't really worth what I'd paid for it or maybe what I paid for it today. Whereas with a color diamond, there's a, there's a better sense of in 15, 20 years, this is going to be significantly higher. We're starting to see those numbers finally get to the public as well. When you look at the Fancy Color Research Foundation, right, Paul, that uh, the Fancy Color Diamond Research is now showing the numbers of the market and it's quite extraordinary. Well, yeah, pinks over the last 10 years 
from auctions, from wholesalers, from dealers of quality pink diamonds have gone up an average of 361% over the last 10 years. Now, you know, there's people out there selling colored diamonds. They're selling pink diamonds. We only sell pinks in VS quality, which means very slightly included because pinks come that way. They don't come in internally flawless. If you get an internally flawless diamond, it's extremely rare. We've got, we've got one on the website. It's one of the only ones I've had probably in 10 Ever. years. Ever. Well, we've had a couple, but, oh. but they're extremely rare. We've had a couple, um, and we have one right now, and it's a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, diamond. Well, but let's, most let's pinks, talk about that. But most pinks come in VS quality. But there is a lot of product out there in SI1, SI2, I1. And this means, this, what this means is there is a lot of inclusions in the diamond. Uh, it's badly cut. They're, the color is not that great. You know, we you hear of colored diamonds and people think they're getting, it's a brown diamond. Brown up to a little while ago was an industrial diamond, and it still is an industrial diamond, but they're making it into... Uh, flavors of the month, chocolate, cognac, um, champagne, toffee. toffee, whatever they want to call these color diamonds. They were going for $15 a carat. I mean, that's how cheap they were. But they're using that. Um, champagne diamonds, it's, it's the lightest, lightest, lightest pink diamond you can get. And it's not investment grade. People talk to me, oh, black diamonds, they're so rare. It's a piece of coal. It's, <laughs> not, it's worthless. At Guildhall Diamonds, we offer you an unbelievable range of natural fancy colored diamonds in yellows and pinks, blues, reds. Um, you know, but we're talking when we get into a red, you know, a million seven a carat. That's a little rich for most people's pocketbooks. But you can get into this market with a fancy yellow, one carat, internally flawless, magnificent stone, cushion, radiant cut for around about $14,000. This is the type of stone. It's a starter stone as an investment stone. It will probably go up between 6 to 8% a year. If your budget goes to $25,000, $30,000, we could get you into an intense yellow. And these stones are averaging maybe about 14% a year increasing in value. Then you get into, you know, the piece de resistance, you get into a vivid. And the idea of holding a natural fancy colored diamond is you could look at it either as a way to really protect your wealth, where if you're concerned about the stock market or, or what's happening in the financial world, that you want to take some money, really put it aside, not have to think about it. It's You've earned that money, you put it into a diamond, you're not going to lose that money, it's slow and steady growth. Another way to look at it is slow and steady growth, which means you're putting money in there, your intention is to make money, not just protect it, but to make money, gain value in that, you want to buy something that is the best of, uh, uh, what's great about a natural fancy color diamond is if you can get the best of everything, you can get strong color. Go from a fancy up to an intense. Go from an intense up to a vivid. The stronger the color, the more rare. The better the proportions, the more rare. The better the clarity, the more rare. The more rare that diamond, the better the return is going to be because, it's again, it's more rare. Mm-hmm. And so the value is there because of that. So it's funny that in natural fancy color diamonds, what's rare is beautiful, is most valuable. It's like real estate. It's location, location, location. So it's the same thing. It's the color, the saturation of the, of the diamond, how deep the color is, the cut of the diamond, which brings out you know, the magnificent colors um, that come from the diamond. Then you've got you know, the carat weight is really important. And then the other thing is the clarity. You know, When you're getting a yellow that's an internally flawless, that's almost a perfect, perfect yeah. stone. It doesn't have any inclusions. That's why we search out the best stones that we can get for ourselves. It's my collection, so I want the best of the best. I don't buy anything that I would not buy personally myself to put in my own collection. I don't buy anything that I w- if I would have a problem if a client was bringing that diamond back somewhere in the future to resell that diamond because I know – the diamond, I know the provenance of the diamond. Every diamond we sell comes with a GIA. That is the certification of that diamond. That's the Gemology Institute of America. They are one to themselves. They they only certify diamonds with everything from the measurements 
to the clarity, to the table size, to the depth of the diamond. It tells you everything about the diamond. If there's an inclusion on the diamond, it maps it out and shows you exactly where it is. So when when we sell a diamond, we're selling you, we've searched out, we've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of diamonds to come up with a very few. Just because it's a natural fancy color diamond doesn't always mean it's an investment grade. You know, for every 10,000 diamonds, carrots of diamonds mined of white diamonds or any diamond there's only one carrot of color it doesn't mean it's investment grade an investment grade has to have all the four qualities those four c's plus it has to be plus it has to have something that stands out and says buy me it's something that has to be beautiful the characteristics have to be incredible for us to resell it because you're getting our experience and our expertise my daughter is a GIA diamond graduate. She's on staff. She knows everything about cutting and polishing and diamonds and, and how to choose a diamond. She's there to help our clients go through the whole thing. When you come to our to see a diamond and you want to come and make an appointment, we will sit down and she will tell you as much as you need. She'll bore you to tears in some cases, <laughs> but you need to know when you're buying a diamond that you're dealing with experts. One eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhalldiamonds.com. Just wanted to try to direct our listeners of the show, guildhalldiamonds.com, and take a look at the 0.28 fancy purple pink internally flawless. It's a the color is just this lovely light purple pink. You you this is something you really want to see in person to be able to fully appreciate. And to have that clarity of internally flawless is just something that really distinguishes this diamond and puts it over the top. Most of the time, we'll talk about the fact that all of the pinks that we sell are all VS quality, meaning even if you go onto Argyle's site themselves and look at the photos of their pink diamonds, you'll see the inclusions. You'll see bubbles and, and carbon and feathers, and you'll see all... They, they capture them all. And if you go look at, at our diamonds you'll see sometimes there's just slight inclusions because that's what VS means. It means very slight. It means eye clean. That's why in the jewelry stores, white diamonds are always at a minimum VS. That's eye clean. It means you can't see it with the naked eye. And with these diamonds, all of our diamond, pink diamonds on the site are VS quality. So we're talking the best of what Argyle can bring, the best of what the pink diamonds available are. And this particular diamond being a 0.28 IF, and it's also purple pink. It's not just pink. It's purple pink, which adds even more to it. It's something that I think anyone would want to have. And that's not taking away from the other diamonds that we have. It's just saying that this one in particular is something that would be a, a prize for, for either the first-time investor or someone who's already started a collection. One eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhalldiamonds.com. Lots more of the show coming up. Talk radio AM six forty. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Make sure you sign up for the precious metal advisor. Check out the e store. You can invest uh, from the comfort of your own computer in your home. Top right corner of the website. And a reminder that for every five thousand dollars invested into physical metals into your RSP account, you will receive one gram of gold, courtesy of Guildhall, with some uh, restrictions applying. Uh, Jeremy, take us home for the last few minutes here. So. Uh- out the out the gate of the show, we talked about the dips in the market. We're seeing a lot of dips in the market, gold and silver. Gold, of course, is up over 15% this year. Silver has lagged a little bit, which is, not, which is typical of the beginning of a bull market, but it does start to demonstrate that silver could be a great time to get involved in that market. Because as the markets both go up, silver is a much smaller market than gold. So the whole sector will start to rise. You'll see platinum, palladium, gold, and silver rising. But because silver is such a small market, you can see that market move move much faster and much higher um, while all, all metals are starting to move. And you saw that back in 2011 as an example. In 2008, when the initial collapse happened in the market, we did have a V-shaped recovery in precious metals. But in 2008, they threw the, the baby out with the bathwater. Gold and silver went down. It was a cash-only trade. People were spooked. Let's just go to cash, sell everything. I do not think, personally, my feeling is that that's not going to be the case this time because people have already been moving into gold and silver as a hedge against another 2008-type collapse. But I can tell you that when that happened, the ratio hit eight. 
80 to 1. I think it actually went to 81, 82 to 1. Silver to gold, meaning you needed 81 ounces of silver for every ounce of gold. Today, we're in a very similar ratio, 80 to 1, pretty much, which means as the market rises in 2011, gold hit $1,900 an ounce U.S., silver hit $48 an ounce. That ratio came down to, I believe, 34, 35 to 1. And the gains in silver were higher than in than in the gold market. So look to gold to have as a long term investment. That's what makes it great to have in your in your retirement portfolio. Look for silver to make some really big gains going forward. And look, there's a reason why central banks buy gold. There's not enough silver for central banks to buy silver, so they own gold. Interesting thing, because in the previous segments um, that we recorded, um, we were talking about stock market. We were talking about investments. As an example, Donald Trump, really smart guys, you know, running for president of the United States. He has 21 accounts in hedge funds. I mean, he's great at real estate. He knows how to buy property, golf courses, whatever. But you make a certain amount of money, you need to invest it, not everything in real estate. In 18 out of his 21 hedge funds last year, he lost money. Now, there's a guy who's smart. But this is companies that he's invested with, like Paulson and Company, BlackRock, Barron Capital. This year alone, they're down 2.9% on average. So when we're looking for dividend stocks, as an example, which we talked about where you're making 3.84% a year, but your actual capital is being eroded. If the stock market drops 10% and you're making 4% in dividends, you're down 6%. And as an example... uh, you know, uh, Trump's down 8.5% last year on all these investors. It doesn't mean he's got all of his money in the stock market. So what we're saying to you, don't put all your money into gold and silver, but, you know, maybe 20 25%. Maybe some money into a diamond. Maybe some money into real estate. You know, maybe some money in the stock market. But don't have all your money in the stock market. You need that insurance policy of gold and silver, a natural fancy colored diamond to protect your wealth. If you're looking to retire, you're looking to put your kids through school, you need to have something in reserve. We were talking about in the last segment, pink diamonds, for example, quality pinks over the last 10 years. Argyle pinks are up 361%. Diamonds that we were selling for twenty, thirty thousand dollars you know, seven, eight, ten years ago, and now going for seventy-five, a hundred thousand dollars, even more. It all depends the quality of pink you bought. It's incredible. Yellows. When we were talking about in the last segment, six percent on a fancy diamond, fancy color. On intense, you're going to make maybe fourteen percent a year. On a vivid, you could make thirty, thirty-five percent a year. But it's up. It's like property. It's real estate. It's location, location, location. The better quality you buy, the more return you're going to get. one eight seven seven eight silver is that number and guildhallwealth.com. And look, when we're talking about precious metals and storing physical precious metals, there is a cost. There is an obligation to insure that product and make sure it's secure. And for that, you're looking at a little over 1% a year. But look, Price of gold's up over 10% this year alone. That handles storage for the last six, seven, eight years. We're not talking about a lot. And if, again, looking at dividends, look, interest rates are negative in a lot of places around the globe. It costs you to put the money in the bank. You know, at what point does it become not a question of what's my cost of, of business here? You know, how much do I have to pay to store this product versus... I need to store this product. I need to have physical gold because I pay my premiums on my insurance and I don't necessarily like it. But if something happens, I'm glad I had insurance. You know, you get into a little bump on the on the road, you're happy you have car insurance. You're not writing off a car. You're not walking away from the scene saying, that's it, I'm done. I got to walk away from this car because I don't have insurance. No, don't walk away from your wealth. Having gold and silver is insurance, is an insurance policy for your portfolio. So whether it's just having 10% as just in case, just in case, look at the case for gold for that just in case scenario. 
Maybe you are a stock believer. Maybe you're listening to this show for the first time and you're saying, I don't know what these guys are talking about, but they're dead wrong. I'm sticking with my advisor on Bay Street. That is totally fine. All I'm saying is your advisor on Bay Street isn't going to give you the news that we're giving you, which is just a bit of an alternative to say, don't you think you should have some insurance in your portfolio? That's all we're talking about here. Others love the fundamentals of the market. They love the fact that gold is undervalued, that that if you look at supply and demand in silver, for example, there's a lot less supply and a growing, growing demand. You look at the industry, for example, we talked, we've said, uh, mentioned on the show before that solar power now represents 14% plus of all industry. That wasn't the case 10 years ago. It was less than 2%. So Industry is a growth sector. People, geopolitical unrest, it's gone a lot further than just oil now. Geopolitical unrest means a lot more. It means countries owe each other money. They get very tense. They want to, you want to protect yourself against potential geopolitical threats. And then the other fundamental that people love about gold and silver, which is why they're putting in more than 10%, is the currencies. And this is the big one. You can print money. You can print money and you can go into debt and it looks like there's no consequence for that. It seems as though there is zero consequence to having 18 trillion debt in the U.S. plus unfunded liability. It looks like the government of Canada can just go into $30 billion in debt like this and it's not a problem. But that means they can go into debt, no problem. There's going to be, there's no consequences down the road, but there is. The, the, The consequence is the value of the Canadian dollar. And what we've seen in the last years is as the Canadian dollar has fallen, the price of gold in Canadian dollars has risen. Now, the gold market is much smaller than the currency markets, which means over time, as the currencies devalue, the, the price percentage of gold and silver are going to rise dramatically more than the, de- than the decline of currencies. So if you believe that the currencies are strong, that they're not going to ever be weak, then Keep doing what you're doing. If you want to find out more about how to protect yourself against declining currencies, against geopolitical unrest, how to protect your portfolio, we encourage you to contact us at Guildhall. Look at owning some physical product in your RSP and using some funds that you might not be earning on right now. One eight seven seven eight silver is that number, guys. Guildhallwealth.com is the website, the precious metal advisor, the investor kit, the e-store in the top right corner. You can start investing from your home. And natural fancy colored diamonds, too. You want to check out the collection. Beautiful photography there. Guildhalldiamonds.com. And a reminder now, the uh, special, the offer is still on for every $5,000 U.S. invested in an RSP account. You will receive a gram of gold courtesy of Guildhall with some restrictions applying. This has been The Real Money Show on Talk Radio, AM640.